Welcome to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. And today we're talking about previously on WandaVision, that is the newest episode. That's episode eight. Of, yep. That's the name of the episode. Um, yeah. So first impressions of the episode, brother. Uh, it was OK. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was just OK. Um, uh, is that it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a lot to say about this episode, really, right? <laughs> Yeah, basically filler, right? So, yeah, I mean, okay, so I honestly like I I like the episode. I feel like I won. I after after Agatha all along. At the end of the last episode, I think I had higher expectations coming into this episode, and this is I wasn't disappointed, but. I think I just set my expectations a little high. So I was like, okay, yeah, that was good. Yeah. So the way I actually felt was maybe that I liked this one a little more than the last two, because I think I almost had expectations previously where, you know, I was, I was wanting this awesome ending every time with some kind of cool reveal in the last two. I didn't think I got quite, you know, as much as I would have liked, even though they were still, great and action packed. The one divisions just kind of put the bar a little too high at this point. Yeah. So maybe I measured my expectations on this one. I, I sort of had a, the idea that this last, the second to last episode is going to be, you know, just kind of a building into the, the finale of the last episode. And so I, I thought this was a good build and it had a interesting, cool little reveal sort of thing at the end. So, so I think, I think what my issue ended up being is that, I think everything good about this episode has to do with Wanda, which makes sense for the show Wanda Vision. But I think I was expecting. I, I think the things that we got about Agatha in the episode, I think were a little underexplained so far. Yeah, yeah. I've got some comments for the parts about Agatha. So. Well, speaking about the parts about Agatha. Yeah, let's jump into the recap, which, you know, starts in, you know, with a little um, Salem, 1693, Massachusetts. Uh, so obviously most people get the idea that we're, you know, during the Salem witch trials of some sort. Yeah. And we have a bunch of women in robes dragging some girl up to a post. And, Agatha. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was clearly Agatha. Yeah. So she's tied up and they, you know ask her are you a witch she says yeah and they're like okay have you betrayed your coven and we clearly kind of get the idea like this is a witch's coven here mm -hmm. and they're holding her up to trial they accuse her of dabbling in dark magics and uh, essentially convict her on this post and yeah she's and she's being tried by her mother in particular is the one calling things because because agatha says mother please yeah so and i guess they find her guilty and they all start you blasting her with their magic energy. Yeah, these like blue energy beams, which I think this is where I was like, okay, this is okay. This is where we're starting the episode. The blue energy beams were like a little, uh, just yeah, whatever. Like, what yeah. is this blue energy beam? Just energy beam, boom. Um, and so Agatha proceeds. She's getting hit by these beams, and it looks like she's glowing from the inside almost. But then it looks like the, something kind of turns, and these beams. The, the women almost look like they are getting something pulled. Well, so now. it's like purple energy is shooting. For, the The beams are being transformed by this purple energy coming from Agatha. And so the, it's like the energy beams are redirected at them. And it looks like 
like they're being robbed of their their vitality or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and essentially at the end, you know, Agatha releases herself, blasts them all back, and their bodies look like dried up husks. And then her mother floats up in the air and blasts her with a beam. And again, she just kind of turns it back on her. Well, and so like the final lines are Agatha is pleading to her mother, please, I can be good. And her mother saying, no, you cannot. And then tries to get her, but Agatha blows it off. And yeah, and she just destroys her and takes her mother's brooch. Um, and just just a quick little thing about this scene. I just, uh, I don't know. I didn't really like the the acting or the writing or however this was done in the scene. I mean, it, it all, it was just a little... I don't know, like weirdly kind of cliche and like, I just didn't, it, I will say, I think, uh, what's, what's the name of Agatha's actor? Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah. I think she's been great this whole series. And I just think here in this scene, it was really weak and unbelievable. So she looks de-aged, right? Yeah. She does look de-aged. Yeah. Okay. I think that's part of the issue. I think, I think like de-aging isn't bad in general, Mm-hmm. I think if they're trying to do it like so, I feel like it was just very casual de aging that they were like, mm-hmm. oh, let's just do it. And so there's just something about it where like I noticed it. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't bad, but like I noticed it. Yeah, it wasn't quite Uncanny Valley, but uh, I and I maybe I get what they were doing. Catherine Hahn doesn't not look very old, but I see that they were just trying to make her look much younger. They like, wanted they wanted to make her look like a teenager because that's supposedly when she would be dabbling in stuff above her station. She's she shouldn't look like a woman in like her thirties. Yeah. Like most of the witches in this coven look like older ladies, late thirties, forties, fifties, or some, some of them looked a little youngish, I think. Yeah. So, um, so at that point it snaps back to the, um, basement of Agatha's house in, uh, Westview. And we have Agatha. She kind of goes on this interrogation of Wanda. She has her, um, uh, captured by her sorcery like at first we see wanda try to like fire her magic off and then agatha reveals oh don't didn't you see the basic protection spells the runes i have up don't you know about runes the fundamentals of magic yeah and agatha goes on to kind of point out a couple different spells and things using like this bug as an example she does a mind control yeah something you did transmutation something you did she reveals that she was controlling uh Pietro, Pietro, if you will, Pietro. Fake, fake Pietro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so through this kind of what sh- I, get, I feel like she's displaying is she's making it clear that Wanda being able to do this magic and the sorcery doesn't understand essentially even what she's doing. She doesn't understand the basic fundamentals of magic, which apparently Agatha does. I mean, yeah, of 16, being a witch. Yeah, she she's been a witch for over 300 years at this point. And but she makes a point that she was attracted and she felt or saw all these spells cast at one time. And she kind of makes it out to be that. I mean, Wanda's literally controlling hundreds, thousands of people in Westview all at the same time and running all these illusions. And she's transmuted the entire world. So she's, she's essentially doing massive giant level magic and doesn't even understand it or yeah. know what she's doing. Or, or, or as maybe Agatha believes, maybe she doesn't think she understands it, but because of 
being able to see what Pietro heard from her that she was at this dark place and that's mm. how she found out. Yeah. And it, it kind of colors what we were hearing from Pietro in that scene that he was at trying to figure out how to do it and was really at Agatha mm-hmm. trying to get those answers. How did you do it? Yeah. And so we see that Agatha's maybe goal here is to sort of figure out how Wanda did it. And she plucks one of her hairs out. She sort of casts some sort of a spell and a doorway appears. And she sort of says like, all right, Wanda, let's, let's go. Let's start at the beginning here. And uh, at first Wanda doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to go into the doorway, but Agatha essentially hold, you know, uses her hostage children to get her to, you know, you just go ahead and do what I say. We're going to go through this. Now, as opposed to the scene before where I just didn't really like, I didn't quite like the writing or the acting. I feel like this coming right back. It, it really just reminded me though, that that was maybe just a singular moment of this episode. Oh yeah. The the second we were back is the second Wanda is fantastic in this episode. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, Catherine is, is great. I, I, I think yeah. that they're both just doing really well in general throughout this episode. So. Yeah. I, when I said Catherine, Catherine Hahn was disappointing. It was her beginning scene and then I'll, we'll, we'll touch on it at the end. Yeah. So basically Wanda and Agatha, they enter into this doorway and memory number of, one. Yeah. We, we start viewing these scenes from Wanda's past, these memories and where it starts is, Sokovia. Essentially, that Sokovia, the bombing that kind of starts everything for Wanda and, you know, her brother as well. Um, we basically see her, what we find out to be her father, come back into their house and, you know, greet their mother. And he opens up this case uh, full of DVDs, um, DVDs that notably have I Love Lucy, Bewitched, Malcolm in the Middle. I saw Adam's family in there. That yeah. Was, yeah. But I haven't seen any Adams Family like reference yet. But you know, just another, basically, just showing. And and he says, "Oh, you know, I'll sell them tomorrow, dear." So we get this idea that he was a a salesman. He went and sold, you know, American uh, sitcom DVDs to people in Sokovia. We see little Pietro run in and to call them, "Hey, you're supposed to be speaking English." <laughs> yeah. So apparently, on their TV night, a special night, they all practice their English by watching uh, American sitcoms, and so. Uh, they go and it's Wanda's night to pick the show. And that night they're going to watch the Dick Van Dyke show, specifically the episode about the walnut. Uh, I guess I've never seen it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know any specific Dick Van Dyke shows like w- watching the episode as they start watching the episode. I'm like, oh, this is exactly episode. The first episode of WandaVision. If we had ever seen the Dick Van Dyke show, we would have realized that. Yeah, we are fools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. If there's some sort of bigger connection between that that Walnut episode and somebody knows about it, drop it in the comments. Let us know. But yeah, uh, yeah so they go on to start watching the Dick Van Dyke show and Wanda's just smiling and they were all she, having a nice little she time. She seems especially transfixed by uh, Mary Tyler Moore's character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something about this happy housewife. Maybe mm-hmm. she idolizes that, wants to be that, which we see her wanting becoming that character. Yeah. Oh, and one thing, just before they had started watching, we, we see uh, Wanda's mother, you know, she's she's smiling, she's happy that the children are happy. They, they just look kind of like they're, you know, they're they're enjoying themselves. But she happens to look out the window and we can see that there is literally like a, a guerrilla ground war going on just outside yeah. their windows on the on the ground. I mean, you see you can see gunshots and men leaping over barricades. And uh, so, I mean, while they're they're taking their little solace and happiness there in their their house, I mean, it's it is not a, a good place to be right now, apparently in Sokovia. 
um, at this time. So they're sitting there watching TV and everything seems to be fine. And all of a sudden, boom. Yep. And their, their place is destroyed and Wanda's left reeling from the blast. Pietro calls out to her runs, try to get them hidden under, uh, is it like under like a bed under a bed couch? Yeah. And, uh, they're laying there and bam, just like we have heard before a Stark industries bomb right there on the edge, uh, crashes into, into the, the room, a little red light blinking on it. Uh, looks like it's going to explode. And Wanda, Wanda sees the bomb and then she notices off in the corner of the TV still playing the Dick Van Dyke show. And she tells herself it's all at the end of the episode, everything resets and they realize it was all a dream. And you see her start to reach out and you hear Pietro say no. And then she's dragged back out and we see real Wanda again. Yeah. Talking with Agatha. Yeah. Note uh, that Wanda actually, when, when she enters in the room, she literally enters into the scene. So she sort of becomes her, her younger self. And when she's yanked out from the bed, she's reverted back into, her adult regular self and the scene is over. Very, very good editing that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so there Agatha kind of almost summarizes what she sees and she so much trauma. Yeah. But she also suggests that Wanda is a little witch that casts a probability hex is what she says. But and, and Wanda says, no, it was just defective, but we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so we were trapped there for two days. Yeah. So we're left to kind of wonder a little bit here. I mean, maybe she was, maybe she was some kind of born witch and had some minor magic. And, and she was the reason the bomb didn't go off. I mean, she's just a little girl and obviously she maybe didn't know what she even did. And so that's how she remembers it as an adult. But, but, uh, you know, maybe there's just a little more there. I mean, we have to, we're, we're under the impression, at least by the way, Agatha is dealing with, uh, Wanda that, Probably she is maybe a natural witch. Mm-hmm. And the next memory that we see is what basically taps into her potential. And yeah. at least that's how Agatha explains it. Yeah. And we see another doorway open up here and literally the set piece of uh, uh, where she's in that the blasted Sokovian home. And Wanda says she doesn't want to go back to this memory. But Agatha urges her on. She says, you know, you don't really have a choice, hon. So we enter into the next memory, and it's it seems to be Wanda's experimentation at when she had volunteered with Hydra. Um, we see her and like she, she looks almost you know kind of a little malnourished, a little dirty, pale in this uh, operating gown, black hair. Yeah, her black hair. Which to note, her hair is dark black when she's a young girl. So is her brother Pietro's, and her hair is dark here as well. Uh, when they when they first enter the scene, we hear Agatha say. Oh, so after your parents were blown up, you decided to join a terrorist squad bent on cha- on on yeah. uh, causing chaos in the world and what have you. And Wanda just replies, "We wanted to change the world." Mm-hmm. Well, she enters the room, and there on some sort of fixture is a uh, Loki scepter, as we've seen it before in Age of Ultron and uh, the first Avengers. She enters the room and there's men looking through this viewing glass and sort of studying and reading. And they even mentioned that no one survived in direct interaction with the scepter before. As Wanda enters, it would seem we see the the crystal of the scepter 
release from the scepter and float into the air and then begins to approach her. And as it begins to approach her, she reaches out to touch it and the crystal, it explodes. And within it, we can see the yellow mindstone revealed and the mindstone. It begins to blast this energy out and it's sort of blowing her back, but she sort of like comes and, and comes towards it more. And as this, and as she's looking and peering into this, the bright energy of the mindstone, we see some kind of shadowy figure is coming out of this energy. And the glow just becomes overwhelming and it just blasts Wanda back and she falls to the ground. When on on either watch, did you get an idea of what that figure may be? I, I definitely did. I, I got it the first time and I just kind of double checked it the second time. But, um, you know, it, it is to me, clearly, if you kind of even stop the frame and, and see it, it's clearly a person in a vintage Scarlet Witch costume. Okay. Did you see that in your first try or did you know what you were looking I, at? I don't know what the vintage Scarlet Witch costume looks like. I just like uh, I I presumed it was the the visage, the a visage of uh, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Which uh, if you need a reference, uh, it's her Halloween costume. Yeah, her Halloween before. costume. Yeah. So you can because you can see the, the forms of almost this horn like protruding yeah. from the head and uh, you can see a cape in the background and even like where her boots are coming up. So I, I think it was almost certainly this vision of the Scarlet Witch. So after this, she's taken into isolation. In isolation, you can see her watching the Brady Bunch again, reinforcing the sitcom sort of being used as a comfort of a place of comfort for her. The Hydra scientists that were experimenting on her are playing back the footage and it just sort of skips over her interacting with the stone the the footage mm -hmm. just doesn't doesn't show that happening yes and and those same two scientists we know that they were in they were viewing her through the window as all this happened and we even see i believe there's a small clip of a scene where, where there's bright light shining into their window and they say something there but then afterwards they say it doesn't make any sense as if they don't remember even in maybe it was it at all. maybe they were blinded by it yes or they yeah they they may have been they may not have seen but it Basically, something occurred here where it did not allow anybody else to see quite what happened in this yeah. interaction. And we also know that after this point, Loki Scepter is whole and that crystal is um, back in its place, even though it seemed to erupt and shatter yeah. in that moment. So we know that it literally must have reset itself, put the pieces of the crystal back together and reset, uh, went back to the scepter. So I, I even think that it's possible that this was something even more like a, a mental vision uh, of some sort than than potentially actually uh, you yeah. know, genuinely like literally the crystal floating out and exploding um, in front of her. My only question left with this scene is it tapped into her maybe witch potential. What's the explanation for it turning Pietro into the speedster, the Quicksilver? I, you know, I never understood quite anyways. And I want to touch on later when we get to, uh, you know, near the end of the episode, there's something I want to reference that I've actually thought of before and never understood what made why it was this way. But but it, I'll just bring it up a little bit later and, and we'll, we can kind of uh, touch on this, uh, this sort of point here as well. All right. All right. So memory three, we. OK, well, Agatha opens the next portal and we walk through and we're back in the Avengers compound or. This is the first time I guess we see Wanda's bedroom in the compound and she announces it. It's the Avengers compound. It's the first place that she ever lived with vision at. Yeah. And we know that this is just 
shortly after what occurred in uh, you know Age of Ultron, the Sokovia, because when we get a kind of a clue, because her hair is still very dark, but it does have a red sheen, which in Age of Ultron, her hair is dark with the red sheen. However, when we see her in Civil War, her hair is much more red. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's kind of, there's just a little bit of a clue that this is when she initially moves into the Avengers compound. Well, I mean, we know because she's in the Avengers and she's just, and she's talking with vision and such. Yeah. I'm just, you know, noting more like timeline wise when this, uh, scene occurs. So she's watching TV. It's Malcolm in the middle. Uh, and then she says vision and then vision apparates through the wall and says, I didn't mean to intrude. And she says, you didn't. And the, the funny little banter of him like, oh, well, yes, I'm I'm in here now. Well, do you want me here? And she sort of pats the bed for him to come sit next to her. And they're, they're watching Malcolm in the middle. He's like, oh, is this supposed? Why is this funny? He doesn't quite get it. She explains, oh, it's not. He's not actually her. It's explaining the whole sitcom trope to him. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. To a, a robot that's literally never seen a sitcom before. And then Vision tries to start talking with her about the grief she's feeling, how she, what she's going through. He, he, he says like he has no way of knowing what it is that she's going through, but he's hoping to try and help her. And she kind of says, no, there's no helping me. She describes it. She describes her grief, her depression as this wave washing over me again and again and she keeps trying to stand up, but she just feels like eventually it's just going to drown her. Yeah, which I think is a really, just a really um, touching sort of uh, way to describe, you know, that kind of grief and sadness and that depression that I think a lot of people can really empathize with, um, you know, in various ways, whether you've lost someone or you just have experienced that kind of, you know, low state before that's, it is, it is definitely a, a way that I think some people might really have, you know, it, it just, it definitely puts into words how some people can feel sometimes. I feel like even in the scene, it sort of minimizes like what she must be feeling. Cause not only is she feeling the loss of her brother, but Sokovia was her home and it was literally just about to be used to destroy the world. And many civilians died and she's probably going to feel some guilt that she had something to do with it. Like if you watched age of Ultron, she was on Ultron's side up until right before this happens. So she, in a way aided this, she's the one who put the vision into Tony's head that got Ultron created in a way. The events of age of Ultron are, I mean, it all started with Stark's bomb, but she played a factor. So Mm. you wonder if part of that's going through her mind right now. So Yeah, her being sad right now, it makes sense. Yep. But Vision fires back. He says, well, it can't always be sorrow. You can't stick with this. And he says what I find to be one of the most poignant things I think I've ever heard in a TV show. He says, what if grief is love persevering? Yeah. Wow. Taking it to the next level there, Disney really. Yeah. Just what a, what a a statement. Like I, I just, I was just kind of caught off guard. Like this, like this scene is like when, when I said I was underwhelmed by this episode, I'm not talking about 
one a scene like this i it's it's sort of how the episode is framed at the beginning and to a lesser extent at the end but somewhat at the end that this like true core character moment of not only vision in wanda but also just like like sort of hitting at the themes of this show kind of being about dealing with grief and how the entirety of Wanda vision was, it, it was an expression of grief, but it's hard to say that it wasn't an expression of love for vision. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said, brother. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So this, this is a, this is a good scene to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think this scene, you know, it just really, it does that. It makes such excellent kind of, you know, thematic points. And it just establishes really the origin of Wanda and Vision's relationship. Yeah, so many people like to criticize that they weren't established within the movies. And some people may be like, well, you wait until episode eight of WandaVision for us to get this set up. Like you don't you don't you didn't need to know that they had this scene, but knowing that this scene happened just it's it 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 it's great. And and to be frank this scene doesn't really fit just anywhere. I mean, if you put this scene in, I don't know if you put it at the end of age of Ultron, or if you put it in, uh, you know, if you fit it somewhere right in the MCU, it has way less impact. Yeah. It would have, it would have felt ham fisted. It would have been like, Oh, so they're just trying to set up Wonder and vision being together. Yeah. Or... Yeah. I think this scene is perfect. And now it, 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 you know, as an after effect really sets up the foundation of their relationship. And and clearly, I mean, we get we get enough of it in uh, Infinity War where we're seeing their connection and how much they cared for each other there. But this this definitely shows us where it's really born from. So, I, I mean, I think this scene is well placed and I think it was fine that it didn't come up till now. It would have just been, you know, it would it would not nearly as uh, would not have been nearly as uh, impactful if it didn't come here. So, yes. So at this point, Agatha has the core source of her trauma, Agatha has where her power came from. And Agatha knows exactly what place she was in. Once vision was gone, she lost her parents, her brother and vision and vision was the thing that helped bring her back from the edge. The last time she was wading through the darkness. So mm-hmm. at this point she says she has, she has a sort of a theory of what's going on, but she just wants to plunge through the end of she wants to know she kind of at this point she's sort of interrogating wanda to tell her what happened how what really happened and at this point it's like wanda is beginning to remember Mm -hmm. because she says that she sort of doesn't remember what happened but now this this time wanda sort of opens the last memory and she sort of charges in headfirst into sword so yeah. memory for sword headquarters. Yeah. And I, and I believe uh, Agatha even says specifically before she comes out or, you know, this I'm paraphrasing, but so what happened when vision wasn't there to bring you back from the darkness? Yes, that was, yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have Wanda and she's, you know, storming into sword headquarters. We even have this kind of like tense music, like dump, 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 dump. And we think, oh yeah, this is what, this is that scene where Wanda Hayward showed us that Wanda, you know, breaks into sword headquarters and steals the vision's body. Right. Yes. So really, I mean, now we see maybe what was the truth of it. Wanda goes up to the desk and says that she wants to see the vision's body. She doesn't storm in. And after the guard says, no, sorry, man, we can't do that. Eventually gets a call. And it seems that the director gives her the, okay, have her head back. And, 
yes, she does sort of do a little boom and pushes the door open instead of waiting to get buzzed in. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if this kind of just a little bit of frustration or she's just showing off, you know, being a little intimidating herself, but I, I almost was kind of like, was that, was that really necessary? Wanda? Come on. Like <laughs> it's interesting. The first time I watched it, I was just like, Oh yeah, she's, she's just in the moment. The second time I watched it, I was like, did they just, is the, did they just do this to like add to the footage to make it look like, but that was a thought that I had the second time. The first time I was like, okay, yeah, she's heated in the moment. She's already upset. She's, she's not going to wait to be buzzed in. So it worked for me. Yeah. So we get her, you know, she blasts her little door open, you know, not like crazy explosion or anything, but, and then we have her, you know, marching down the halls and she gets to the director's room and then she enters and uh, meets Hayward and Hayward honestly kind of receives her pretty well and peacefully and says, you know, Hey, so I hear that you're here to, to see the vision and to, to take him home. And he sort of goes on to say where he, he basically uh, says that he can't allow her to take the vision and it's $3 billion worth of vibranium. Yeah. And, and, but he says, you know, but I am going to allow you to see him. And he basically points literally his, his window is viewing this operating room. So again, in that footage, the window that she's breaking out of is Hayward's office. And she's looking down and they're literally pulling, they're like, you know, uh, cutting, cutting him and pulling yeah. him apart and, you know, pulling pieces out of different things and yeah, and she dismantling says, him. She, she, when she realizes what's happening, she says, stop, no. Uh, but then he sort of talks, talks her into describing what's happening. He's been cut up. I feel like the first time I watched it, I didn't catch it the second time. I was a little distracted. I think he says something about, did you come here to try and bring him back to life? Yeah, he basically makes a, a, a statement, again, I'm paraphrasing of, uh, you know, it's interesting when the only one that can bring him back online, or I mean, to life, you know, comes here. And and it, and she kind of doesn't even pay attention to it. I almost didn't, I, I kind of heard it and was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I, I caught that and I was like, are you trying to like, leader into bringing him back to life right now it's mm. definitely kind of what i thought as well and i and i was like i also that questioned how does he know that she can bring him back online why I is mean, that even a thing that crosses his mind he he as a sword director probably knows that she has the power of the mind stone and he was powered by the mind stone yeah so but he definitely mentions that and i definitely felt like it was kind of a leading thing like where he was some maybe somehow proposing it um and but he you know he says you know, you can see him and, but you can't take him. And so she's looking and staring and, you know, she gets frustrated and she does break the glass, floats down, walks up to Vision's body and sort of scans his, his head where the Mind Stone used to be. And she says, I don't feel you. I don't feel him. And then she just leaves. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't like some of the guards down there, like raise their guns at her and Hayward said, stand down, let her see for herself. And yeah, she'll, she, she sort of accepts that he's not there. It's just the husk of his skeleton, but the vision she knew is gone from that body. And yeah. Yeah. And here the manipulation of Hayward is revealed in that we see these very aggressive acts in that footage. And he makes the proposition that she came, she broke in and stole his body when in reality, that's just not what happened at all. Not because at first you like start seeing the scenes and you're like, Oh so these scenes were manipulated to make it look like she came in more violently, mm -hmm. but she still came and took the, no, she didn't take the body. She leaves mm -hmm. without vision. Yeah. So sword at this point, we're to presume sword still had vision all along. Yeah. They still had his, his body all along, which I mean, in and of itself kind of raises the question, well, then where does vision come from? So we have one and she goes back to her car 
And she looks at this little envelope in the car. She starts it up and she starts driving. And then we get kind of cues of her traveling down the highway. We see entering New Jersey. Then we see this that sign entering Westview. And she is driving through Westview. And we're seeing essentially what Westview is before the hex. Kind of a rundown. Yeah. yeah. Dreary, dilapidated. And we, we, we see some of our favorite neighbors. We see Herb walk by. We see... Uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy whose grandma's piano got turned into a piece of paper in the magic show. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Joe Rupp's character sitting at like a coffee shop, the delivery guy that was in every episode delivering a pizza, mm-hmm. like little cameos as she drives through the town. Yeah. And you definitely get this clear look on all their faces of just kind of like dissatisfaction. Uh, yeah. Or- like they're all n- none of them seem like particularly happy. Yeah. They don't look like they're living their best lives. Yeah. And we have Wanda and she drives around. She's still looking at the neighborhoods and she arrives at an empty lot. And we see her pull that little piece of paper out of the envelope and she unfolds it. And it is a a deed. And on the deed, it's circled and it's in in a heart written the words for us to grow old and V. And and man, that just starts getting at you. And she gets out and she walks to the middle of the empty lot and she just begins to break down and cry and you just see that she came to this place that was supposed to be hers and visions i mean yeah and it's just it it's it's such a i i I really want to touch upon this scene more later because it there's something about that feeling of missing out on experiencing something with a loved one basically ruining something for you Mm. and she is that that's that's one of the hardest feelings like i've never like physic i've like never lost someone like i had a close one a close to loved one who died that i had plans with i've had like the situation similar situations but god it's one of the worst feelings to have something like that occur so that's sort of the last straw and we see her burst. <laughs> yeah, she literally just bursts in this red energy, red and kind of black, dark energy just starts erupting from her all around. And it literally just starts. It, it just starts it, to it, manifest it, into literally the pieces of it, it, her home. It's like it's it's like what we saw in the Halloween episode when the dome expanded except this is the beginning of the hex yeah literally all of it's erupting right from her heart and all around her essentially she just manifests and creates her home the home that she wanted and then it sort of stops for a second and then she goes even further and she this huge blast red energy just goes and engulfs the town you just see everything boom get transformed and and again everything's transformed into that classic westview the episode one of wandavision black and white and 1950s era all the way and out and then we settle we come back to wanda and this energy still spewing forth from her but now there's this golden energy and it's coming forth and it's starting to manifest into the shape of a body the you 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 mentioned golden it's like it's like the energy of the mind stone yes what i take from that yeah And it almost, it kind of look, it's, it's all these like these intricate lines and it's almost like a network kind of of circuits or of even, it's a little more densely packed than this, but I got the feeling of circuits and or sort of, um, veins and, and you know, like the vascular system of, of a, of a body, a person. And it just 
continues forward and it spills out of her until it fully forms the vision there before her in black and white in that very first episode. And one is still there in color. And we cut to the vision. And I think he says something like, you know, Wanda. Wanda. And w- she's out of scene, but we just see her foot step in. And now she's in black and white as well. I appreciate the fact that you, you noted that little scene of like showing just her foot stepping in in black and white. Mm-hmm. Cause on the rewatch, I like just the way that that shot, mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of like the, it's just such a well put together scene. Like mm. the the effects of her creating the vision are they are what they are. Like it's always going to be that sort of superhero like special effect thing. But once he's there and and it's back to the sort of fifties thing, it's like such a beautiful moment of and it and it's this full circle moment to episode one to know basically what led up to the beginning of this. It's such an impactful scene Mm -hmm. to watch and the implications are one it was wanda all along i we we have another episode maybe maybe we do see that she in this moment she was influenced by some other force but as it stands right now the theory that wanda created the hex completely unprompted by herself stands as what's being presented yeah and this vision, the reason why the reason why the gum made him all goopy earlier, the reason why he couldn't leave the hex is because it's not vision. It's not the physical vision. It, it is what it, we can assume is uh, the manifestation of if her powers come from the mind stone, she carries something from within it. It's literally a manifestation of those powers and of her memories and of everything that she can manifest as the vision we see that i mean like it forms a, a real body of him but really it's the energy almost the vision like the what what the vision comes from i mean when in avengers uh age of ultron when the mind stone is placed onto vision's body we see literally those yellow lines flow into that body and it's almost like it's you know placing and manifesting what the vision is within him so this is almost that energy. yes and i almost <laughs> I kind of want to believe in a sense that so in Infinity War before Thanos kills Vision Wanda is the one that destroys the Mind Stone but maybe maybe in that moment as she's destroying the Mind Stone a little bit of what was Vision in the Mind Stone stayed with her so maybe what she's create or maybe all of her experiences with Vision were him the love of him stayed within him and that's what's creating this vision. So maybe it's an authentic vision in that sense. Yeah. And we do know at the end of Endgame, she does specifically mention, you know, that no, they know when uh, she's talking to Clint and really referencing black widow and uh, vision, them both having passed and that she, she says that they know, and that might be again, a part of a vision still being within her. And in some way, because uh, black widow, is i mean she she was taken to whatever place the soul stone takes you when you make that sacrifice in some way so maybe again even a connection between the mind stone the soul stone or or maybe that they're just you know it's maybe just even a reference that they've gone into a, a better place and that they both are still kind of there watching over them in some way Indeed. but yeah um so, so back to the yeah episode at hand but that's not it 
Um, we have her step into that first episode, that first scene, and then we just hear we ha- we kind of get the camera pan and we see lighting over like what the TV set of her room. Yeah. And we get this idea that, again, it was also like in some ways this production that she was living that happy life. But but it literally was. I mean, we see that there was a studio audience and the cameras and Agatha's there clapping. And I can't remember exactly what Agatha says. I I didn't I didn't write that down either. But she she basically she says something. It's like, bravo, dear. Yeah, really nice. And then she just snaps herself out. And Wanda Wanda is brought back to reality by the sound of her kids. Yeah, and she rushes out of the door to this little set piece, and this and it, door leads it, her back out into to the front door of the house. Yeah, yeah, and she's outside, and we see Agatha there now. Before she was in sort of this little, um, very still kind of modern attire, just a purple shirt and black pants, and then the little brooch around her neck. But now she's in this almost very uh, typical kind of picturesque sort of witch's, you know, tattered sort of gown thing with this purple energy flowing from beneath her and from her hands and these cords that are wrapped around both the boys necks. She, she looks like she, she's flying around like the witch from that Scooby-Doo movie with the hex girls. Yeah. Or like from Hocus Pocus <laughs> or something, but like, like, cause like, like her bottom half is just like a spirit is like, just like yeah. apparating spirit beneath her as she's flying in the air. And her purple tendrils are holding the kids up by their necks. Yeah. And she goes in to make this statement. She says something, you know, you're supposed to be a myth, a legend, right? Capable of spontaneous creation. Yeah. And Wanda says, let her kids go. And then the boys are, are holding on their necks, trying not to get choked out. And she says, you know, I know what you are now. Yeah. you. Uh, and she also mentions you're, you're a practitioner of chaos magic. Yes. And then. And then she says. You're the Scarlet Witch. And end credits. End credits. And yeah, and that is the first time that we, uh, in, the, in the MCU, the words the Scarlet Witch are ever said. Again, we all kind of get the idea, being viewers of the show, that she, Wanda Maximoff, is supposed to be the Scarlet Witch. We know that that character is her. But no one's ever said that in the MCU. And for legal reasons prior to this, but now for plot reasons, it has been revealed. Yeah. And... Now, one more thing that's pretty key. Did you see the after credit? Yes, of course. Yes, I did okay, both yeah. times. <laughs> yes. So after credit scene, this is pretty key to what we're going to be able to talk about. We go back to S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, which is now further out from the hex this time. Yes. Uh, not not headquarters, I would say. Sorry, their mobile base that was it, in, the, we, in the view of the Yeah, hex. we saw this base a little bit in the last episode as well. Yeah. And we have Hayward talking to one of the other, you know, S.W.O.R.D. Of, you know, officials or, you know, military people. And he says, you know, our, you know, before uh, we took apart and put back together him a million times and never thought to use the power from the original source or never were never able to use the power from the original yeah. source. I think it was that they, you know, we, we tried to power him with this, with that, but we never thought about powering from the original source. And we see that drone that still had that red energy from when Wanda zapped it. Yes, yes. I, 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 the second I saw it, I was like, I knew this was going to come into play. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, the, the fact that it had that shining energy. I was actually surprised. Like, I don't know if it was shown to have been saved when she moved forward the hex. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I mean, she threw it down on the ground, but, but that's, they, that's they, a- they brought it back in, in, at, like, you could, they, they had it, like, on a table being looked at in the following episode. But in that same episode is when the hex, was expanded. So at some point, I guess Hayward, maybe the, 
however they explain it, they got it out. Yeah, they got it out, and now they have it there in this in this base, and we can see that something is drawing power from it, and then transferring it into this case holding the vision's body, which has now been reconstructed and now looks much more. Uh, no, there's no color to it now. Like the red and uh, you know the different shades of gray are gone, and it's really just this metallic, like palish bluish. Yeah, and we see energy flowing into it, and it seems as if he is activated. The vision literally begins to move, and he looks at his own hand with these dull, lifeless but lit eyes. And that's the end of the post-credit scene. And that was a boom, like another big kind of drop as well. Yeah, so. Let's discuss a couple points from the episode. I don't know if you have any you want to touch on, but one that I had referenced we would get to a little later was uh, you had asked about how Pietro gets his speed powers from the Mind Stone, right? And that's something I always kind of thought was a little weird as well in the, the fact that they use the Mind Stone to manipulate. But I think in some ways... I would, th- this is the best way I can explain it, is that the Mind Stone in some ways is enhancing mental brain qualities that, you know, change their, uh, I get, their I get that. It's more, it's more the idea that the Mind Stone killed everybody before Wanda and then it worked and then it, un- and then it tapped into Wanda and Pietro and then apparently didn't work on anyone else up until the point that they were unleashed and the scepter stopped being used for those experiments. Yeah. I would like to think that if Wanda had some kind of special bloodline that let her be something like a witch that maybe Pietro, I mean, they're twins. So they share some kind of connection and somehow, you know, he was able to not be destroyed and, you know, get those abilities from the experimentation. We don't quite get that. And I think maybe Disney's fine with just kind of letting it be glossed over. But one thing I want to touch on is that, and I, and I've thought about this before is that, Wanda's powers, right? They come out as red. They manifest as red powers. We saw that those witches, they had blue energy and that Agatha had a purple energy. I don't know. Uh, and maybe even to talk about this, the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, Dr. Strange has uh, all those. Again, they almost train like monks, but they are all wizards as well. And they yes. have an orange energy. Yeah. Right. So I see these different colors energy. I don't know if that is something indicative of maybe the person or what kind of magic they're using, because I want I do want to note that. The, when um, uh, in the Doctor Strange movie, when Kaecilius is using that dark energy, it's also purple. So in some ways, I think maybe the dark is associated with you know, bad or whatever. And so this was this is sort of the question I had, and it's I think it's worth questioning whether or not that the colors are indicated back to their corresponding Infinity Stone in a way because we see if if the sorcerers are using the orangish yellowish magic that's maybe mind stone power well technically and if it's orange i mean we can we can put it on the orange yellow so we don't know but if it's orange that would actually tie to the soul stone yes so but i mean if it's soul stone then it's their souls their connection with their souls mm-hmm. or mind either one sort of makes sense yeah for those types the the, the one that doesn't quite track is if all the witches are using space magic. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's even has any connection. But purple is power. Purple is power, yes. And red, most importantly, is reality. reality. Yes. And so I definitely see, and, and then to, so for Agatha to state, you're using chaos magic, right? What's more chaotic than literally like unbridled, the, the power of reality, essentially? And that's that's really what 
Wanda's even doing is she's bringing things into a new, she's manipulating reality at, at will. Exactly. And so the red energy coming from her, I don't know if all of her energy, again, one thing I don't, I don't know if Disney had this, vi- had this plan from when they first introduced the Scarlet Witch that her red energy is going to be related to it. Really, they were just introducing the Scarlet Witch and she has red energy powers. So boom, there you go. But I think that maybe at this point there is some connection to, even though she's connected to the mind stone that she, her powers or what she's tapping into is connected to the reality stone, or at least, at least that's really what she's tapping into is the, the red reality energy, the reality bending energy. And so that, because what we see is literally a burst of red energy that is literally manifesting and changing all the things around her, bringing things into being that weren't before. And that's, I mean, the only time we literally see Thanos basically do that. He using the, re- they're using the reality. Stone. Yeah. When they get uh catch up to him on nowhere in uh, the infinity war, uh, he literally made all of nowhere not look like a destroyed and blasted, burned down husk, which is what was real, and Lily looked totally fine as if what they were expecting. He he was able to fabricate the uh, the collector who was not there. He was able to make him seem as if he spontaneously created this person. Yeah, and he made himself, which because they had made an attack on Thanos and thought that they killed him, and then they just were completely wrong. So the reality stone is literally as powerful enough to just manifest a different reality. That is its power uh, inherently. So I believe that there has to be some connection that Wanda has to the reality stone. It's even if it comes from the mind stone or whatever it is that whatever she's tapping into is tapping into that basic energy of reality in this universe. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's just something I've always I, I've even thought that before. I mean, yeah, it, the, the the question was always how the Mind Stone tapped it. But we can just say that it's Infinity Stone magic crossed with potential within her. Yeah. And they said that uh, Darcy identified that the, you know, the the energy here literally is energy from creation. And we know that the, the Infinity Stones are literally just the concentrated versions of different aspects of the universe that literally came from the original big bang. And that's explained to us in Dr. Strange by, uh, uh, his, uh, the, the Asian fellow that's his name. I, I don't forget. remember. Yeah. Damn it. I can't remember his name either, but, but you, him. yeah, he explains yeah. the whole thing. So, or does he explain it in Dr. Strange? Or I think maybe he explains it in infinity war. He explains yeah. it all of them right when they meet up in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, we know that that it all does come from kind of the same place. So there's some crossover, but, and so speaking of that, Agatha says you're using chaos magic and that makes you the Scarlet Witch. So it, we see that the Scarlet Witch is not just the title of a superhero in the MCU. Now it is somehow like a mantle or uh, some kind of title of, of some sort of being that has a certain kind of power, apparently chaos magic power, something, something that she as a witch learned Maybe, maybe as long ago as the 1600s when there were still others around to mm-hmm. teach her, because we don't know how she's been learning and in surviving over this time. Which, if we want to take this time to go into Agatha, let's let's start. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the Scarlet Witch, it, we don't know what that means quite yet within this in this universe. We know we know apparently it's it's a thing. It's something that existed prior to Wanda even being alive, but let's talk Agatha. So, so I think one thing that I had, uh, it's not quite proved wrong yet, but 
I think maybe at this point, maybe we were wrong and we have the next episode to see that she was targeting the kids. I think really the kids at this point are now just a way to get to uh, Wanda and that yes. Agatha was yeah. really attracted. She, she really says when she saw or noticed or felt all these spells cast at once, she had to figure out where it came from. And so Agatha must want the source of that power or something like that. And she really just used the kids as leverage to get to Wanda to have something over her. And, and I bet in the next episode, she's going to say something like, maybe, maybe we're going to see her be like, give up the mantles. Like you can just give it up. Like give me the powers of the Scarlet witch and you can have her kids or something like that. Yeah. And it'll be just something she can absorb or take from her, uh, to gain it for herself. But so that, yeah, her intentions, I think her intentions are less interesting to me at this point, because now I'm just sort of, I, I think I like Ag. I think I like Agnes more than I like Agatha. If that makes sense. Yeah, because now she's sort of, uh, sort of just become generic. Uh, yeah, Agatha. generic witch character yeah. or something. Like, and, and I'm not saying like. I mean, before she was like generic, like side supporting character, and it's sort of the flip on that that made Agatha within the little Agatha all along song so instantly interesting as a character but like the the salem trial thing was just so felt so played out like they didn't need to set it in goddamn salem massachusetts that's not the only place witches have ever existed yeah but i think i think for a general audience that's what most people are going to recognize it so i can kind of understand them doing they're like hey we need to make it clear that you know, this is a witch and these are witches and stuff and that she's existed for some, I mean, so I I give them that, but if they wanted to impress me, they could have like set her like in like 1300s freaking like Scandinavia, like in like had her like speaking with her, like, like Viking witch tribe. Yeah. But I mean, that's maybe just cause you like Vikings or something. Most people, I think. No, no, I mean, no, but I, I just say Vikings, like a just generic anywhere. Like, it yeah. could have been literally anywhere. And the fact that it was in Salem, Massachusetts was just a little okay. On the nose. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to give him, you know, too many minus points for that. I just think the whole scene just seemed kind of, that the beginning scene was just like not great. It so. was the first time I watched it. I was like, okay, I, I get, I get that they have to like set up this, but like it, it gave, <sighs> The problem with it is that it wasn't a great scene and it didn't really tell us much. Yeah. I mean, Agatha's a witch and she's bad. Like, that's yeah. basically what we got from it. Yeah. Like, and we can't, we don't really, based on like the dialogue they have had together, like her and her mom, her mom was like, you stole this or you stole knowledge above your station. You're practicing in dark magic. And she's just like, no, I'm not. And it's, it's sort of a scene where it's like, this is like a, a sort of a young witch who in what she's saying, like maybe she's like, there's like a little bit where she's saying the, 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 the power was drawn to me. I didn't seek it out. And, and they're just like trying, like casting her out. Like they're not trying to help her. It feels like, like she's being treated unfair. And like, I, it's like this scene is meant for me to grow empathy with her but then then there, I just want to say that going on what you're saying, there's there's points where she just kind of almost flip flops and she's like, 
maybe the power just bends to my will or something. And I was like, is that her being like evil or saying that she's evil now? Like, it's she definitely makes a little comment like that. I'm like, wait, what? Like, are you, but are then you innocent and trying to get free or are you like actually just kind of like bad here? Like, yeah, but then she says, I can be good. And her mom says, no, you cannot. And in that moment, I was like, I think she could be good. I don't believe the mom. The mom seems like the bad guy here to me. Yeah. And, and honestly, I also, the other thing about that scene is that it seems unclear what's even happening. They're shooting her with these blasts. I'm like, okay, are these blasts like meant to destroy her? Like, why doesn't it just destroy her immediately? Why are they shooting her for so, so long? Is she immediately absorbing it? And then there is this, this kind of like turning it back on them. They seem like they're getting drawn in now. They're all having their energy sucked. I'm like, did she, did she like absorb their energy and take it into herself and become as powerful as a coven of witches? Or did she just absorb their vitality and just kill I mean, them? I, and if you're going to attach her to a post, like I get it's a Disney plus series. You're not going to set it on fire, but like, why would you not just set it on fire? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't like, there was a lot about it that was just kind of like, it's one of those moments in a movie where, or, or a TV show where I, I, I mean, I can accept a lot. Obviously it's a magical world, magical stuff yeah. going on, but even in the setting of this magical world, I'm just kind of like, wait, what? Like, and it draws me out of the moment a little bit. It was maybe the, like, it's probably like the weakest scene of all of WandaVision. That, so yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I, I, I tried to think a little back and I was like, maybe like, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe there's like some like forced humor moments, but like even those ones, like even when the humor felt forced in the sitcom scenes, it helped to build the character of the sitcom environment. This does sort of nothing. Yeah, I I this I, I think is a good fundamental of movie making and, and TV shows that you're supposed to show and not tell, right? And so yeah. their attempt is like, let's show Agatha, you know, being a witch and becoming more powerful or betraying her coven. They wanted to show it to us and not tell us. But honestly, I think it would have been more endearing if we got a, if we just got more of an exposition dump in the first 10 minutes where Agatha just talks about how she became a witch. And that, because her little interrogation of Wanda adds to the story and it adds, to, it, it tells us Wanda doesn't know the fundamentals of magic. Agatha does know the fundamentals. She even shows us that these things that you're doing are complicated. If I just got more of that, I would have felt that was more worth watching than that first scene. To be like funny. all the, all of that scene sort of taught me is that Agatha grew up in a coven and that's how she got her witch stuff. And maybe she's the only witch, but it's, it's a lot of maybes of, well, maybe she's the only witch. Like, did she find other witches? There's a lot. There's like, you taught me, you told me one thing about her 300 years prior. What else is there? Like, and I get there's more to this character that we have to learn, but like you taught me almost nothing in that scene. The scene wasn't very well executed. It, it yeah, as at the beginning of putting it at the beginning of the episode kind of make, it's why I say that the episode feels okay as a whole. Cause like, while the episode has maybe two of my favorite scenes in the in the whole of WandaVision, it, because they are WandaVision scenes, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the weakest scene in the whole of WandaVision. So it sort of cancels out the good that is earned within the episode. Not entirely, but... Yeah, like literally, I think this... Episode could have been better if they just left that whole scene out. But but again, it it is what it is. Uh, you know, I don't want to harp on that one too much. Yes, yeah. And so leading into this, we get the sort of discussion of magics, the mm -hmm. 
the transmutations, the runes and everything. And you know what? That sort of brought me back a little into, you know what? I want to know about these magics, mm-hmm. this magical witch world, the stuff that I didn't learn in this scene, literally filled with witches just now. They didn't talk any, they said dark magic. They didn't specify anything. So that was kind of, yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, again, I would have been fine with more her explaining things and under, so we could understand yeah, magic. That better. scene was good. <laughs> yeah. I would have been fine with more expedition. Like, fine. Let her just talk for a little while. I was actually okay with that. That scene looked good when she was talking to Wanda. And she didn't have weird de-aged effects on her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I'm really interested, you know, I, I wonder, and maybe if I, you know, we looked it up online, haven't really done any research or anything because I, I in some ways don't want to spoil the episodes but i those runes they, they kind of point them out a little bit and i don't know if they're just throwaway whatever runes or if they mean something specific like if maybe they have a tie-in to dr strange and runes that we saw over there or if we've seen them somewhere else because in my head i kind of felt like i'd seen those before maybe even I, when i saw them i almost thought of the eternals but i was like maybe that has nothing to do with it maybe i'm just totally wrong about that but i i felt like i saw those runes before they looked familiar so yeah if, I if mean- anybody knows what they are drop it in the comments Yes. So. All right. What are are some other things? So uh, Hayward. So again, we see uh, Hayward's manipulation. We already got it uh, before where Hayward was saying the target, right? Vision, the target within the hex. And so they were definitely and, and Hayward was targeting vision before they or after they got the drone. So I have this a little bit of a theory, right? So what what we saw when Wanda manifested the vision, right? Again, I was thinking that it was his circuitry. It was like his vascular system. It was, it kind of like seemed like maybe, you know, the energy and like the, the soul almost of vision. What, what Hayward has is a, is his body, like his husk. And so I have this feeling that maybe somehow we, we kind of saw that vision can't exist outside the hex. And I see it now. Why? Because it is an area where he can, you know, his, um, soul can be manifested, but he doesn't have the body and, yes. and and she can't create the body or, or she can create it here where she has her domain, but it can't exist in the regular world. I'm thinking that Hayward kind of powered up his, his suit. Um, and so like maybe that body's going to move, but it won't have a soul. It, it'll kind of operate on its robotics and it's, and all that. Yes. And, and I think we, one might get to see like some kind of vision versus vision clash. Um, but I'm even hoping that maybe there'll be a, a point where vision he assimilates with the body. So like this almost soul of vision assimilates with the body of vision and the and vision comes back. So I'm kind of hoping that we see that would be really yeah. cool and great. You know, you say vision versus vision class. I, I, I mean, yeah, that's very likely. I also see maybe a photon vision clash because she has that sort of electrical view and he's like a circuitry being the other vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so man, I'm also interested to see what's going on with, uh, with uh, I mean, we we got her in that end credit scene with Pietro. Yeah, we have to. I'm assuming though, based on the end credit scene, now we know that he was under mind control. But it doesn't seem like Agatha, if she was um making the case that oh you have to you know control these things from afar, uh, that maybe he's not under the uh, the mind control anymore. She said that he was. She said that she was his eyes and ears. Hmm. So maybe did Pietro knock her knock Monica out and. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see, but yeah, I'm, I'm in, uh, interested to see how, oh man, how this is all going to end up. We have vision. He's heading to where they are. So we have, they're outside a parent and visions already, we know he's on his way. So vision's probably going to show up there. Maybe he's going to take Agatha out. And uh, yeah, we, we have, 
this last episode's gonna be something. And I hey, I called it. I I thought that this pre-episode was not gonna be that great. And it was just going to be that lead up in or not. Sorry, not that great, but it was going to be a leading up into the finale really being where they brought it home. See, yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, you did. I I mean, I feel like I expected a little more this episode and being a little more resolution in the last episode. But yeah, this was a lot more lead up to a final climax coming next episode. And I'm hoping it's like an hour long. Yeah, Yeah, like I mean, our episodes have already been, I think, 40, 30, 30 plus minutes. You know? Yeah. I, I, I hope it's a full hour. Oh, I do. I, I absolutely. Cause I, I almost feel the same where I'm like, I don't know if they can even, if it's just 30 minutes, I, uh, I will, I don't know how they're going to successfully get everything I feel like needs to be in the last episode there without it seeming rushed. Cause I feel like they have to resolve so many points at this point. I mean, we have, you know, Jimmy's somewhere doing something, Monica's somewhere with Pietro doing something. We have Wanda and Agatha stand off with the boys. Vision's coming in. Uh, Darcy's across town. Uh, Hayward just activated the Vision's body. And all these points are starting to, uh, supposed to be resolved or come into a conflict at some point. So uh, in 30 minutes, I don't see how we can really get all of those things resolved in a way that's going to be ultimately satisfying or you know where we need to be. So I'm hoping, we're, I mean, 45 minutes at least. Yeah. <laughs> hoping for i mean I, yeah i'm if it's if it's under an hour i'm gonna be disappointed but 45 minutes i guess we'll do yeah one last point i wanted to make is that so at this point i i think i talked before about that agatha had some kind of connection to mephisto and i think i'm right in that she seems to be somewhat of an independent player as far as it's going not connected to a mephisto I, again i didn't think disney was really going to go that direction I think there's still room that maybe, you know, she was sent there by something, you know, an, an agent. But I mean, but it the did dark indicate, magic she's playing into maybe is coming. Yeah. yeah I mean, again, I, the purple energy and kind of tied back to that Dr. Strange, maybe she's trying into the dark dimension, literally. So maybe, uh, uh, what was the name of that? Dormammu? Yeah, Dormammu. I think Dorm- I've come to bargain. <laughs> she Apparently she she came to bargain with the Dormammu. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe she is kind of an agent of Dormammu. Being a big entity that could be a threat to the MCU and the universe and all that, um, or maybe it's going to play into one of the bigger enemies that's coming forward in in the MCU and in the preceding movies. So yeah, um, but I guess we'll see in the finale. Yeah. So. Another look to the future. Something that I found out um I casually while I was online was that the the superhero names of the of the two boys that of two of Wanda's two sons that they would grow up to be superheroes, young Avengers. And uh, I don't know if we want to talk too much about those characters. I, I mean, I didn't get a whole lot on them. I just learned their names, Warlock and speed. Was it Warlock and speed or was it Wiccan? Wiccan. Yes. Yeah. Wiccan and speed. Yeah. 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 Not Warlock. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of looked it up and saw something about that as well. So I don't really know much about them, but Oh, this does a little bit tie back into, um, uh, just, you know, a couple more points. One, the specific magic that Wanda as a little girl was supposedly supposed to have cast, according to Agatha, on the bomb was a probability hex. Then we see that she casts chaos magic, um, apparently. And Agatha, and then we had that last uh, commercial that, that talked about Nexus. So yeah. I think this, those things lead a little bit more to what you had uh, sort of led on and about. Nexus being being able to affect probability. Yeah. So I think we're going to maybe see some kind of tie back into that in this last episode or, or some confirmation at least. 
So, yeah. yeah but uh, I think that's all I can think of uh, to touch on for this episode, unless you have more, brother. All right. Well, I think that's a that about does it. So, yeah. Well, in that case, until next time, I'm Robert. I'm Ryan. See you later, folks. Yep.